0: Most people don't have a big vision for their life. And so they're looking for people that have big visions that speak them confidently to support because they're like, I wanna be a part of that. Because every person, even the person on the bench of a Super Bowl winning team still gets a ring. People wanna participate in something great.
1: Welcome back everyone. This is episode 36 and I am so excited you're here because I have an absolutely killer episode for you today. I'm so excited about this interview, but before I introduce today's guest, I want to make sure you're following me on Instagram. That is the best place to stay on top of what's going on with the show. Find out who my guests are each week, what the solo shows are about every Thursday, and really just stay on top of everything that is going on. So you can find me at Dorothy Ilson. That's D-O-R-O-T-H-Y-I-L-L-S-O-N. And now today's guest is none other than Nicholas Bailey. Nicholas is CEO of The Billion Dollar Body, a seven-figure lifestyle brand for businessmen who want to have it all. That sounds pretty great, of course, but it wasn't always that way. See, six years ago, Nicholas and his wife, Amanda, were living in affordable housing where the carpets had piles of dirt full of termites. They had a broken swamp cooler pushing moldy air into the house. And that was where they started their first business. Nicholas has truly a remarkable story that you're going to hear all about today where he went from obese and broke to fit, thriving, and able to give back in massive ways. Now, Nicholas is an international speaker, podcast host, creator of the annual event Billion Dollar Body Live, and a top 30 under 30 influencer. Nicholas seriously brought the fire during this interview, and I know you are going to take so much from everything he has to say. So without further ado, here's my chat with Nicholas. Nicholas, thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited to have you on.
0: Hey, I'm excited as well. And just for everyone listening, congratulations on being here. Uh, Just there's people that are just different. They, They take different actions. They expect different results. And they're the people that jump on podcasts just like this. So just know that my life changed negatively, which I'm sure we'll get into in a moment. But that also means that life can change positively in a moment as well. And who knows, this could be your moment.
1: That is so true. Well, Nicholas, you really do have an inspiring story. So let's just jump straight into it. I actually want to take it all the way back to your early life. So can you tell me kind of what beliefs about money were ingrained in you growing up with your family and and your life?
0: Yeah, most definitely. There was quite a few different ones that kind of got triggered around my lifestyle growing up. And I always say that pressure doesn't create weakness, it always exposes it. That whenever something happens to you, I look at it like a pipe in the ceiling. If you have a pipe and there's a lot of pressure in that pipe, Well, it's only going to burst at the weakest point. That point was already there. The pressure just wasn't high enough. And there was multiple things that I went through throughout my childhood and then into my adult years that exposed those different weaknesses around the money mindset. I remember as late as 20 years old, even thinking that someone who made $10,000 a month was pretty much a god. I was scared to talk to them. But I didn't really think that way growing up. I thought I had a good money mindset. I thought my family had a good money mindset. So around four years old, my parents split up but my dad was a business owner. So the first money mindset that I got taught growing up was my dad told me that if I had a weed whacker and a lawnmower, I would always make it. He always told me that no matter how bad things got, he always told me that no matter what happened, there was no way that he couldn't work for himself and there was no way that he couldn't get by if he just went out there and solved problems. Basically, money will always follow value and the definition of value in my mind is solving more problems for more people. So we could get by mowing the lawn, which means that no matter what, that's the worst thing that could ever happen is I still have complete freedom doing what I want when I want, but working very hard. Then there's other levels of it where you solve bigger problems for bigger amounts of people where you make more money. So that was the first thing that my dad taught me was that I was never afraid of trying things because I always knew that I could go back to just solving simple problems for people for the exchange of money. But well, what happened is that you usually get capped around this mindset that I had growing up around a certain revenue point was what you thought you deserved. Meaning you put these watermarks or caps on your life that this is what feels comfortable now. And what you notice and that I noticed in my life was that whenever you, let's say you want to make $3,000 in a month, which was my first big goal, what ends up happening is that if you make that $3,000 in the first seven days and don't shift your mindset of what you expect and shift your mindset and grow towards something new and stretch yourself, you'll actually sabotage the last three weeks to make sure that you don't make any more money or very little more than what you were expecting. The same thing happens the opposite way. If you spend three weeks making no money, you'll usually figure out how to make $3,000 and hit your goal in that very last week which just means that you can make $3,000 a week at the end of the day. But what we expect, we usually go back to. And so I went through these different problems of, I knew that no matter what I did, I could do whatever I wanted, always have, uh, go out there and create an income and have freedom. But I didn't know how to prosper. And I only knew how to fight for the money when my back was against the wall. And that was a huge transition that I had to make around 21, 22, 23 years old To shift that perspective because mostly people are motivated by two different ways. They're motivated by either running away from something, they're scared of failure, they're scared of going backwards, they're scared of burning everything to the ground. So, what do they do? They work really, really hard to make sure they don't do that. And then there's the other side of motivation, which is they're so excited for what's to come, what they want to accomplish, that they end up running towards their goals. And if we're only motivated by running away from things, we'll always create problems in our lives to get us to take action, which you don't always want to live that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, our beliefs about ourselves are really the biggest limiting factor in what we're able to accomplish. So I, I love that you talk about that. And Nicholas, I know that you're also someone who's been very focused on the desire to be the best at what you do and really from a very young age. So tell me about that and really take us through your story.
0: Yeah, I've always wanted to be the best in the world. At two years old, my dad pushed me down the street on a bicycle with no training wheels, never had them. He taught me a very distinct lesson, which was training wheels keep you from falling, but they don't actually help you balance. A crutch has never, ever made anyone stronger. It just keeps them from falling. If you see someone with a walker, they never get out of a walker again. So he pushed me down the hill with no training wheels. I ended up riding that bike. Of course, I fell more than the average kid. But I actually learned how to balance, which led me to being the the youngest kid in the entire world to ever start racing bicycles, which took me to four years old, racing motocross. I rode motorcycles from four years old and raced them all the way until really uh, when I was 21. And so what I learned from that was that I thought that the only way I was going to get my dad's approval deep down was that if I was being the best. Because I thought, man, if I'm not getting my dad's approval, maybe I need to be really, really good. Maybe I need to be number one. And if I'm number one, then there's no reason for him to not approve of me. Deep down, this is what I was thinking. I didn't actually know this on the surface, just as much other people don't know that as well. But I didn't know that that competitive nature was actually a very positive thing and was a part of my personality type. So at 13 years old, my dad, I thought the last way that I can connect with him The way that I could finally get my needs met would be to go all in on this dream of being a professional motocross racer. And so I remember being in my bedroom. My dad's walking down the hall. My dad would always go to the outside garage area, the side of the garage outside of our house, and we would connect there. That was like our guy time. So I remember following him out there just like I normally would. I remember having this mission of like, I'm going to tell him that I want to be the best in the world. That we're gonna do everything we can to get there. And then he'll know that I'm for sure serious. Like, this is my lifeline. This is what's gonna make him so happy. And I remember being behind him, like, Dad, guess what? I wanna be the best in the world. Let's get a tutor. Let's drop out of school. Let's travel the world, and we're gonna be the best in the world. He looked at me, turned around. He's like, Nicholas, you're never gonna be the best. Oof. And I remember just like crushing me. And now I have an understanding that if you only base your life and your happiness off of being the best, There's always going to be someone that beats you at something every single day of the week. Even the very thing that you are the best at, you can have a bad day. And if you base your happiness off that, you'll never be happy. I didn't understand that at the time. So I ended up not talking to my dad for about three and a half years. I would only see him on Christmas. I wouldn't answer the door. He would come to my mom's front door and he would knock on it and just try to get me out of that house. And I just wouldn't answer the door. And that was a super painful moment that caused me to gain 60 pounds over the next three years after that. I sabotaged my entire schooling, which obviously isn't good for if someone wanted to get a job. I graduated with a 1.8 GPA. I didn't have a girlfriend for seven years in between that time when it first happened to the time that I actually met Amanda and then ended up getting married. So it definitely was that one moment for me that changed everything. It showed me that life can change in a moment. It's just the first time that it happened for me, it was for the negative.
1: So what was the turning point that took you from that dark place to turning it all around.
0: Yeah. It's actually really funny how things happen. I always feel like there's a, you you want to be prepared for opportunity. Uh, Les Brown says that I'd rather be prepared and opportunity never come than opportunity come and not be prepared. I felt like I was always a motivated kid. I always had like greatness on the inside of me. I always want to be the best and all these different things. Yet I was lacking in so many areas as well. And so I remember being 17 years old. I was at school. At this point, I had literally covered up every part of my body. I hated who I was. I hated what I was doing. I wouldn't put myself out there. I hated meeting new people. Like Everything that I am today, I was like almost the exact opposite. And it all started with how I was treating myself. So I'm 60 pounds overweight. I wore the same sweatshirt every single day to school. I was scared to put myself out there for the chance of... People had all the ammunition in the world to make fun of me because I already hated myself. And so I remember this guy actually reaching into his backpack and pulling out a bag of fruit. So simple. Things don't have to be complicated, guys. Like The simple things is what makes LeBron James the highest paid basketball player. The simple things. And so this guy pulls out a bag of fruit. And somehow I mustered the courage to go, man, Like, why do you have that? What are you doing? Everyone else is eating like crap. Why do you eat well? And he was like, hey, man, I'm actually a training to be a boxer My coach has me on a meal plan to increase my performance and to weigh in at the correct weight. And something like shifted in me that it wasn't just eating well to look good, but it was eating well to perform well. And me always wanted to be the best in the world, to always show up my best. It clicked that if I actually ate well, that I was going to be able to perform better. I remember going home that night, never talking to that kid again. I've still never talked to him again since then. And I always think about every time I tell the story, I'm like, I should probably call that guy and say, thank you. Like (laughs) Everything is because of that one guy. I went home. I told my mom. I was like, this is what we're going to do. I had motivation, but I didn't have clarity and I didn't have a plan. Some people, they have a plan and they don't do anything. Other people, they have motivation and they don't know what to do. I was in that second category. I took action. I lost 53 pounds in six months without working out at all. Never stepped foot in the gym. That rekindled my relationship with my father. That gave me the confidence to change my friend group to put myself out there again. But still, until I owned that story, that story still owned me until I was 23 years old. Six years later, it took me to finally get free from little fat Nicholas because I was so scared of that story. And whatever you hide from the world becomes the ammunition that people think that you think people can use against you that people will finally figure out who you are and be able to call you out for that fault. But when you share everything about yourself openly without being afraid at all, no one has any ammunition to use against you. And the people, the clients, the people that you work with, you have no fear of them leaving you because they're only attracted to you for exactly who you are. So it wasn't until I got freedom afterwards, it was a journey. I got the physical result of transforming my life, yet I didn't have freedom until I owned that story.
1: Well, I have a question for you because I think it's so common for people to, you know, have an experience like that, like that guy pulling a bag of fruit out of his bag and they get motivated, they get fired up, but then they meet that first ounce of resistance or they plateau in the second week and don't lose a pound or whatever it is, and they completely fall off track and go back to their old habits. So, you know, what was it about that moment for you or, or about your attitude that allowed you to make that lifestyle change stick?
0: So there's this word called commitment that is thrown around all the time. Commitment in our definition is to do what you said you were going to do after the feeling that you said it in is gone. You're not doing it because of the result. You're not doing it for any other reason besides to simply follow through. Here's the thing about commitment. It's easier for people to commit and follow through to other people. So because we had this podcast recording, most people, if we say we're going to show up at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we're going to show up because I don't want to let you down. That's what most people's thought process is. They say, I'll be there at one. We commit and mutually agree. And so because of that, they're scared to let you down. They don't want to break their commitment. So they show up. Yet every single day, people make commitments to themselves that no one else knows about. And they say, I'm going to wake up at this time. I'm going to go to the gym at this time. I'm going to eat this way. And then they end up not doing it. One o'clock comes around, they don't hit the gym. Later that night, they end up eating something they said they wouldn't. What does this do? It creates distrust with the very person you don't want to the most. It's one thing for me not to show up on a show and you're like, "I don't trust that person anymore. They just don't show up on time." Well guess what? That actually is less important than the commitments that we make to ourselves. And so once we shift the mindset around this, to know that commitment means to do what we said we we're going to do after the feeling we set it in is gone that's the reason for commitment is to get you to do it after you don't feel like it and to realize that when we don't follow through on the things that we tell ourselves we're going to do, well then we subconsciously create distrust within ourselves, meaning that we tell ourselves subconsciously that no matter what we say, we never follow through on it. And if we want other people to trust us, other people to believe in us, we first have to do it ourselves first. And so when I noticed commitment, I learned this more over the years I I've been mentored by a few different Navy SEALs over the last eight years. And throughout that process, I was able to learn and see commitment and follow through to a whole different level. I remember working out one day and I remember watching my Navy SEAL mentor, he tripped and fell on concrete and like busted up his body, like just was bleeding all over the place. And I remember like thinking, this is like one of those times in the Olympics when someone pulls a hamstring and you're supposed to go like pick them up and put them under your arm and like walk them to the house. And then we're going to be like the hero. And when I went over there to do that, they were like, get away from me. What are you doing? I was like, oh, I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Like, go take a seat. Like, I'll get you some ice or whatever. And they're like, no. And they went and they finished the workout. And I was like, this is so interesting. And then they cleaned themselves up. And I thought, wow, why did you do that? And they said, well, because I wrote that I was going to do this workout and so I wanted to finish my workout before I moved on to the next thing. Because they knew deep down subconsciously it was more important to finish that workout than it was to actually clean themselves up. And they put more importance on finishing it to the point where I'd see them write workouts that sometimes would take two hours to do. And then they would say, well, we better finish this workout and then we're going to decide later not to do that again. So it's more important make a decision, follow through on it, And then decide afterwards whether you want to make that decision again.
1: If you break that commitment once, I assume the likelihood of you doing it again goes way up.
0: Well, here's an example. You look at marriages 55% divorce. We'll just say we're going to be using round numbers. First divorce, someone gets married. The first divorce, about 55% chance. Now, 90% of those people will end up getting remarried again. Proven statistic. Except the second time, if they don't deal, With that lack of commitment, with the lack of follow-through, what ends up happening is they have a 15% higher chance of getting divorced the second time. And so what ends up happening is the first time we break a commitment, if we don't then accept our reality of what we just did and figure out how we can not do that the next time, we'll end up repeating that same mistake with a higher likelihood. So know that the very first time you break that commitment, you want to make sure that you go, okay, I see what I did there. I accept that reality of what I did. And now I got to figure out how can I make sure that I don't do that again the next time. And you go out there and set a maybe easier, lower bar commitment for yourself to make sure that you actually hit it. So many people set a commitment that's an outcome. That's what the problem. They'll say, I want to lose 30 pounds. That's a great goal, but it's not your commitment. Your commitment should be the action that you can control every single day to get to the 30 pounds loss. And if you're not seeing the result that you want then all you have to do is change the actions. Don't be married so much to the actions that you have to do. Be married to that result that you're looking to create and then go out there and commit to doing the actions.
1: So Nicholas, you got your health under control. Where did the business come into play? Can you talk about you know, where you were in your life when you started that and what your situation was at the time?
0: Yeah, so we have a proprietary process called a three-dimensional businessman. That's a businessman that has it all in health, business, and relationships. And the reason we came up with it was because I was the exact opposite. I was the guy that was overweight, that was failing, had no relationship and no girlfriend, And after I had those two different things under control, I lost the 60 pounds, I got a six pack, I was fit. I went out there and got a girlfriend that I ended up getting engaged to and getting married. I was still absolutely failing my income. I had no job when we got married and I had never started my own personal business without the help of a father or business partner. So I'm there with no income and no nothing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and do this thing. Well, I went into business and I ended up creating my first $3,000 in a month, like just below it in our first year of doing our business. That sounds super awesome. And, and so the business was doing about 35, dollars $40,000 a month, and I was taking home about $3,000 of the total profit. And what ended up happening was that I lost my health along the way. And I noticed that no matter what I did, I could not get three areas to prosper at the same time. Be like, okay, my relationship's great, and my health's great, and we're completely broke. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. And then all of a sudden, I'd be like, oh, my goodness, like I'm turning our, our income around, and my relationship's great. But I've just allowed myself to get out of the gym for six months straight. And so what ended up happening is I needed to master the process of having it all. And the way that we did this was first by setting up our priorities in health, business, and relationships as our top priority and scheduling them into the calendar. But the problem for me was still the income. It's the last thing that I just could not figure out. I remember years going by. You know, We lost that first business and then I had to go into carpet cleaning. And I cleaned carpets for my father for two and a half years, making twelve to $1,600 a month as we flailed in business. And that happened for almost three years that we absolutely failed. So you can ask a question going on from there, but I'll leave it on the failure story that for years of being fit and being married, I was failing my wife. I was failing my potential. I was failing myself. I was failing my family. I was failing my future. I was failing my clients. I was failing every single person that I wasn't reaching with my message. And it was all my fault.
1: What turned it around for you there in, in terms of your income? So you're cleaning carpets, you're at you know, one of your lowest lows, I would assume. What was that like for you? And how did you make that shift?
0: The biggest thing that happened to me was the lottery mindset was like a problem that I had. For some reason, I thought, something would happen for me. Life would somehow become easier. We would somehow get lucky. We'd finally strike that pot of gold. We'd finally find the diamonds in the rough and then boom, like everything would shift. And I was waiting for it to happen. And there was a quote that came to me that if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I realized in that moment that I had given up responsibility for my own destiny. I realized that I was hoping that my wife would maybe make it happen. That maybe she'd get famous and rich and she's beautiful. So maybe that'll work out. Maybe I'll just get lucky one day and someone will feel bad and maybe give me money. Like the weirdest thoughts that go on in people's heads. I remember going to in a business event. At this time, I'm cleaning carpets. I couldn't even afford a haircut. I had $25 a week to eat out between the, my wife and I. And I remember sitting there in this conference. And this was the time when I just had gotten kicked out of our condo. And we had to move into a new place and I couldn't afford one place in San Diego. So I was trying to move in the back of a Safeway home where literally like, I was on government property living in some shack in the back. And so I, I'm, my plan is that I'm going to get home. We're going to go back there and everything's going to be fine. All my problems are going to be gone. It's so cheap, whatever. And I remember getting the email at that event with my wife sitting right next to me, both of us hopeful that somehow we're going to make it in business. And I get the email saying, the government told us that no one's going to be able to move into that home and there's going to be no place for us to live when we get back home into San Diego. I left that business event and we had a few days that we're spending with Amanda's family at their house for the holidays. And I remember sitting there feeling like so low, feeling like I was such a loser, like I had let my family down. There was something that needed to happen and that's when I decided I need to take 100% responsibility for the results that I want to see in this situation. I sold every single thing that I had that was a hobby. I eliminated every single thing out of my life that was not contributing to that main goal. I took the book Think and Grow Rich and I made my money statement that I read every single day and I committed every day until 10 p.m. that I would work until 10 p.m. every single morning tonight, until I hit my daily income goal every single day, and that I would do anything that it took to make that happen. Well, that year, I only made $19,000 on a paycheck, but we made $100,000 household income because I was selling things on Craigslist. I was recarpeting people's house. I was doing whatever it took to go and shift that mindset around. And it wasn't until my wife went to a live event, where I couldn't go to. it, My father got into a motorcycle accident. So just imagine like opposition. A lot of times, the darkest times, the biggest opposition is right before your biggest breakthrough. So right before my biggest breakthrough of going to this other live event, and you can see the trend. Live events have been amazing. You wonder why I have Billion Dollar Body Live. Live events. My wife was on her way there. I couldn't go because my dad had just broken his scapula in 36 pieces, his collarbone into 16 pieces. He shattered all of his ribs. He had a collapsed lung. Like, my dad's totally out and I had to take care of the business. My wife went to this event and I get a call on the third day. Hey, honey, oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe it. Like There's this thing and it's like $5,000 and it's for three days. And like I really think we need to do it. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, like I can't even pay my bills right now. I'm making 12 to $1,600 a month. Like, ah, oh, this is so crazy. Like, this is right around the time where I'm making my statement. I'm like, I'm overwhelmed, but I knew my wife would never do anything to hurt us. And it's a lesson for every single guy and for every single woman out there. It's like, I'd rather put trust in my wife and fail than do what I already know is wrong and not trust her in the first place. If it fails, at least I did the right thing. My wife would never make a bad decision like that. So we threw $5,000 on a credit card, cleared out every credit card, put $5,000 down. And when she came back from that event, that's when everything shifted. Her investing in herself and her putting herself in that environment made me say like, we need to play at a higher level. Six months later, nothing had happened at that six-month mark was when that event was. I walked into that event and I almost, right before it, I almost tried to be the complainer that was going to refund. Like, this is how low I was. Like, this is so embarrassing. I was like, what if I can get that money back? Like, I haven't even gotten anything from this program. I haven't gone to the event yet. This can be so amazing. I'll get my $5,000 back. And that would have been smart, but I wouldn't have known what I would have missed out on. I left that event. We did $33,000 in revenue. The first time we had ever broken $3,000 in a month ever. And we booked out $33,000 in the next 30 days after that event. And the majority of that was, was the shift of us taking 100% responsibility and going out there and actually taking the action.
1: The Billion Dollar Body is a seven-figure brand. You've seen massive success. I'm curious, you know, what inspired you to create a brand for men specifically? And then what's the meaning behind that name you came up with, Billion Dollar Body?
0: Yeah. So billion dollar body is like, people always say like, I want to create a billion dollar body like, There's so many different meetings. One, we want to have a billion dollar net worth inside the community and body means group. It means we're one person moving together as a community. On top of that, it shows that we are the number one asset in every single situation that we're in. Because billion dollar body, like you are the number one asset. And the way that you experience and live life is through that body that you have. And it takes first investing itself, just like I did, to be able to see maximum potential. The reason I worked with men. Really was because one, I relate to men. Two, is because I started out coaching and I couldn't imagine. Like, I was working with these women, and all they would do is tell me all about like all their problems they had with their husband and everything he was doing wrong. I was like, this is not going to work that I'm sitting here chatting with someone else's wife about the problems that the wife has with the husband. I'm like, this is just too uncomfortable. So I was like, I need to work with men. And that was the decision, simply put, for the actual phone calls that I was doing. Little did I know that if everyone can make this one shift, most people, they come up with a good product and they figure out who they could sell it to. I did that for a few years. It made me a couple hundred thousand dollars. It was great. When I shifted instead to figuring out what's the mission and vision that I have that's bigger than a product or service. When I talk about redefining what it means to be a businessman, when I talk about creating a billion dollar net worth, when I talk about changing and transforming countries and nations because of what we're doing, it has nothing to do with a product. It has everything to do with a vision. What that does is it creates community around that subject because people are like, I want to do that. And most people don't have a big vision for their life. And so they're looking for people that have big visions that speak them confidently to support because they're like, I want to be a part of that. Because why? Because every person, even the person on the bench of a Super Bowl winning team still gets a ring. People want to participate in something great. The second thing is how do you craft your mess and make it into your message? How do you get the things that you've been through in your past and how do you contribute it to that main mission and vision where you're attracting people, not only through this big vision, but actually through the message that you're saying. And what ends up happening is you build influence around those subjects. And then all you have to do is serve those people well. And I remember having my first 600 one clients, phenomenal database. And I remember thinking, what I'm doing right now isn't serving my clients to the best capacity. What would do that? And my wife was like, we need to throw a live event. I was thinking maybe 20 people. She's like, no, our first one has to be at least 100. And I remember sitting there thinking, what could we offer at this live event that'd be most beneficial to these men that have gathered around this vision and have gathered around this story? And through creating products, not based on, well, let's get a product and sell it to people and then we'll become influential. And then one day we'll make an impact. We decided to figure out what impact did we want to create first? We gained influence around the subject. And then all we've done since then is consistently serve our guys to the highest capacity with what they want most. And the way that we've done that, that's exactly how we went from making $100,000 to making a seven-figure brand was all through first going through those things. And that's exactly what we do when we were talking earlier. That's what we help bring these men through in this 30-day challenge to increase their impact, influence, and income in 30 days. And so first, it starts with them. It starts with them creating that three-dimensional businessman lifestyle. And that's week number one. Week number two is all about creating the impact. Week number three is how do you gain influence around it? And then week number four, we send them out to start monetizing it. Whether they're million-dollar earners already, all the way to beginners, they both can come around the subject of wanting to be in the lane that they're best at. And that's what we did at BDB.
1: And I know that you have one of these 30 day challenges coming up. Where can people find that if they're interested?
0: Yeah, they can just go to bdbchallenge.com. And literally, even if there is 30 days still left before the challenge started, you will not even be able to get through the testimonials like the amount of videos, the amount of screenshots, all these testimonials of all these thousands of guys that have been impacted by BDB. So just go listen to them. Don't listen to me on the podcast about it. Go listen to the men that are just like me and you listening. It's phenomenal. And what's cool is that like, for the women listening... They're the ones who give us the best referrals. Guys that go, oh, let me talk to my wife about it. I always crack up because I'm like, I know exactly what your wife's going to say because we have just as many women testimonials of them saying, I needed my man to do this. I can't believe how powerful he is coming back. Like, I can't believe how he's showing up. So for the women out there, it's also a great gift.
1: I know that giving back and, and making an impact is something that's really important to you. Is giving back something that you teach your members inside of the Billion Dollar Brotherhood? Where does that play in?
0: I don't even teach it to them. It's actually a prerequisite. Like you have to be into that because the three-dimensional business that we create has those aspects that I just talked about. Mission and vision that's bigger than a product or service. The second one is a product or service that solves the need or the problem of that vision. So they need a product or service that actually does something good. Meaning Coca-Cola wouldn't fly in my community. It's not doing anything good. End of story. McDonald's, I don't care if you have Ronald McDonald House, you're still creating a problem not part of my scene. Now, the third step of a three-dimensional business is how do we give back? Most people, they solve a problem right now, but they don't actually solve the root of the problem. For us, impacting men, I know that the businessmen inside of our community, as they transform their life, they transform their house. As they transform their house, they transform their city, state, and outward. I already know this. But how do we actually impact people from the beginning? So let's say you had like, you know, a skincare company that was all natural or something like that. Well, then a way to give back, in my opinion, that helps with your mission and vision is to educate people all the way to kids when it comes to using natural products or influencing families. So the way that we do that is we actually partnered with a company called The Winning Edge or a nonprofit, and they go and speak to kids all throughout the United States, sometimes up to hundreds of thousands every single week. And they actually are getting these kids to stop from cutting, stop from committing suicide, Some of them have actually give up weapons at school during when uh, our speaker that we sponsor, Devin Wyman, who's a Super Bowl champion that's a part of BDB as well. That's who we sponsor to go out there and impact these kids because the transformation that we're creating in men today first has to be taken care of at the actual root. So that's how we do it. And that's how we inspire all of our guys to do it is to have that mission and vision that's bigger than a product or service. A product or service that solves that need or the problem and then also a way to give back to solve the root so that you literally put yourself out of business. I'd rather have men already rising up to be three-dimensional businessmen that are going out there and prospering and leading their family where I have no place in this world to even give a mission. I'd rather solve the root of the problem and do it away and move on.
1: Amazing. Well, Nicholas, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us. I know that I've gotten so much value from this and the audience absolutely will as well. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. So I'd like to move into what I call the impact round. So I'm going to ask you a series of short questions and I'd like for you to basically just respond with the first answer that pops into your head. You ready?
0: I'm totally ready.
1: Awesome. Well, so who has been the most impactful person in your journey to do well and achieve financial success?
0: So a a person that's not currently here today is Jesus. A person who's here today is my wife.
1: And then who has been the most impactful person in feeding your drive to do good and make an impact?
0: There's been many, but I would say Yost Jansen, my Navy SEAL mentor.
1: Awesome. How did you get connected with him? Just real quick.
0: Yeah. So we got connected through me going and doing missions trips, and he was the one who funded all of them. That built our friendship.
1: Then Nicholas, when you're having a bad day or you find yourself in a negative headspace, what do you do to get yourself out of the funk?
0: The first thing I do is accept responsibility. Me being in the negative headspace has nothing to do with what's happening. It has everything to do with how I'm reacting to what's happening. So the first thing is I take responsibility. I accept my reality. And then I figure out how can I improve this by 5% right now?
1: Going along with that, do you have any regular mindset practices or you know personal development things that you do to make sure you're not getting yourself in that place as often?
0: There's a few things that I do every single day. But the big thing is that I actually interviewed Jim Quick. He's a friend of mine. And he's like the number one memory expert in the entire world, quick learning, all these things. So I'm like, how do I renew my mind quicker? Like, what do I do? And he was like, listen, Nicholas, look at kids. The number one way to do it isn't just through your neural networks, it's through your social networks. The number one thing that you can do right now to transform your mindset is to get around people that are where you're at. That was the number one thing that I did. The second thing is a three-step, real quick. It's what you ingest, digest, and express. The ingestion is everything around you every single day. Is it positive and pulling you upwards? If not, cut it out. Digestion is all about what you think about. Is what you think about pulling you up. If not, take your thoughts captive. You have control over your thoughts. Just because it's a thought doesn't mean it's a belief. Just because I drive past a bridge and I say, what if I jumped off here and died? That doesn't mean I'm suicidal. It just means that I randomly had a thought. It's not a belief of mine. And then express. Are your actions lining up to the things around you and the things that you're believing and saying in your mind? When you have all three aligned, you have a transformed mind.
1: Wow. That is absolutely incredible. And I love that you mentioned uh, that you did an interview. Anyone listening to this, definitely go check out the Billion Dollar Body podcast. Uh, I know, Nicholas, you and Amanda both do that show together. And Amanda is a badass entrepreneur as well. So ton of value there in that podcast. What book do you find yourself recommending to people most often?
0: So I got asked this, what's like the most influential book? And for me, the Bible is like the biggest thing. I'm like, The richest people ever in the world are written about in the Bible. And Jesus got influence over like 3 billion people, like still to this day without any type of like social media or car or like any of this stuff. I'm just like dumbfounded by that whole thing. And so, like, that to me is like the ultimate guide to gaining influence to uh, wealth. Uh, Money is actually talked about more in the Bible than love. I didn't even know that, but apparently it is and it's documented. So that for me has been like, the thing that I go to, to learn like from past mistakes, past things in the world and what other people have done. That's been my number one thing.
1: And then the final impact round question, what is the best piece of advice related to happiness that you would give our listeners?
0: <laughs> I'm probably not the best at this. It's, it's always tough, the balance between being happy and being motivated by not having enough. Tony Robbins, I think, sums it up in a really good way for someone like us, all of us listening right now that want to improve. Because ignorance is bliss. If you don't know what the heck's going on, that's how you enjoy the weekends. That's when you get excited on Friday and then sad on Sunday. It's called you don't know. Like you just don't know to be different. So Tony Robbins says that progress equals happiness. You have something that you want to do, and the progress towards that ultimate goal and vision is what brings the happiness. So focusing on the improvement of getting closer to the person that you want to become. And that for me is like where I get the most happiness.
1: Nicholas, as you know, here on the show, we have what I like to call the do well and do good challenge. This is where I encourage our listeners who want to give back to contribute to the nonprofits that are nominated by our guests. I know that you've chosen to nominate that organization you mentioned, The Winning Edge. So could you just share a few parting words about that nonprofit and why it's so meaningful to you?
0: Oh my goodness. You should totally donate to the winning edge. Like You go to the winning edge, Google it, whatever. Right now, we have to focus on our house. I always tell people that if right now in my home, if I want to take in and help everyone in the world, I have to do it with myself first. So if I'm not inviting people into my actual home to come and sleep and live, then I shouldn't be inviting people in my country either. Also, when it comes to giving, if I want my country to give, I should also be resembling that as well. And I shouldn't tell other people to do things that I'm not doing. And when I look at the winning edge, they're going out there inside of our personal country and going out there and impacting kids at such a high level. And I found out this, every dollar, just $1 gets a kid to a program. That's all it takes. And they fund all of it. They don't charge any of these schools. And so for me, that's been my number one place is like when Devin Wyman, which I have a video of people actually email support at body dot com. I will send you a personal video that I have for me and Devin. Devin is the best inspirational speaker I've ever heard on planet Earth, and they have all the notes where you can see where your one dollar, your hundred dollars, your thousand uh, dollar got one a hundred or a thousand kids into a program and how many notes they get from these kids of the things that they're struggling with that they felt like they overcome inside of those after school programs, along with giving these kids who have fatherless homes. You gotta think death row is full of orphans and fatherless homes. The most amount of crimes right now, ninety percent of shootings are with men. Seventy seven percent of suicides are with men. And so getting these guys out there in our actual community to heal not only our cities, but our actual country is our number one priority.
1: I heard you say in another interview once that the reason you built your brand around men was because women had it all figured out already. And I thought that was pretty funny.
0: Oh, I mean, absolutely. The women are like, yeah, I want to have it all. Like I want to hit the gym. I want to have great finances and I want to have a great relationship. And it all makes sense. Guys are like, no, I need that one thing. And if I go out there and make money, everything will be fine. When they're really like, hiding from their problems. So women are so amazing. They're always like, yeah, this makes sense. Let's do that. And I'm like, my goodness, we just need to get the guys caught up on this. One of my favorite parts about the Winning Edge and what we're doing with bdbchallenge.com is for every man that invests in himself, no matter what, is going to transform the world around him, his family, his home, his friends, everything. But just to declare that and to show that from our side, for every man that invests in themselves, we actually sponsor a kid, win the Winning Edge to be able to get to those programs. And what we end up doing is you become an ambassador for BDB. After you go through that 30-day challenge, you become a 60% affiliate where you literally, you just get all the profit We just break even. We're able to sponsor the kid and you get to actually impact other men's life around the way. Because why? Because we don't believe we're successful until you have the transformation then you help people do the same thing.
1: For any men listening who want to step into their power and to achieve that three-dimensional success that Nicholas has been talking about, definitely encourage you head to bdbchallenge.com for that 30-day challenge. Check out the Billion Dollar Body podcast and the thebilliondollarbody.com. Nicholas, anywhere else that people should go to connect with you and follow your content?
0: Yeah, me personally, let's connect on Instagram. I love being able to share stories. It shows me and my wife. It shows us crushing it. It shows us in the gym. It shows us living the lifestyle and completely transparent behind the scenes. So come follow me on Instagram. I would love to hear from you.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. All right, everyone. That's our show. Now, before I sign off, I want to introduce any new listeners to how the Do Well and Do Good Challenge works. There are two ways that you can participate. The first is if you are looking to do more to give back, I encourage you to contribute to any of the nonprofits nominated by my guests. Send a screenshot of your receipt to challenge at dowellanddogood.co and your donation will be included in our monthly tally of the tangible impact this podcast is having. The second way you can participate is absolutely free, and that's by voting. See, in the first couple days of each month, we host a vote inside of our free Facebook community to determine which of the nonprofits nominated the month before that I will then donate a portion of my advertising agency's profits to. It's an awesome way to make your voice heard, and we've been able to raise money for some incredible organizations doing good in the world. So if you'd like to be a part of it, then head over to dowellanddogood.co Facebook, where you'll find a link to join the group. Once you're inside, I'm also sharing tips, ideas, resources, and more to help you both increase your income and your impact. We're having so much fun inside there. So head over again to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, and I'll see you on the inside. It means the world to me to earn your time. So thank you so much for listening.